Hello, everyone. Lori Haywood Maines with Speak the Word Only Broadcast Podcast. And thank you for joining me on this uh, wintry day in Michigan. We are on part eight of the series, The Power of the Blood of Jesus. And we are on the last part, which is eight. And I'm going to title this subtitle, um, The Blood Heals or The Blood Healed. And I believe tonight will be the last night of this series. I may not be able to complete it. It depends on the Holy Spirit. Uh, if I have to do another night, I will. But I'm, that's what I'm thinking is going to happen is that tonight is the, uh, the last night. So, oh, boy. So I've been running around and going to church and all this kind of good stuff. So, all right, you guys, you ready? As I've heard people say, get your thinking cap on. I'm getting mine on. So we are going to be starting with the blood destroyed the veil. Let me get my notes here. You can go to Podbean, iTunes, um, Google, um, Spotify, geez, um, um, Apple Music or Amazon Music, and you can pick my podcast up uh, on, on all those lines. And um, and then you can pick up uh, one through seven. It's worth listening to. This is the first time I've presented this uh, on, on, if you will, uh, social media and uh, YouTube and, and live stream and so forth. Uh, so I probably will do it again. I don't know if it'll be this year. Uh, but mo- if I don't do it again this year, then I'll, I will do it again next year. Uh, because every time you do a series as a teacher, you learn more and how to, you know, critique and go back and and uh, maybe just um, add some things that the Holy Spirit showed you. So I'm excited because this is really out of doing eight parts to this series. This is the 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 uh, part or the topic that I really wanted to get to, but it took eight eight parts to get here. Uh, the blood healed, but we're going to start with the blood destroyed the veil. Okay, uh, we'll pick it apart. So just uh, listen. That's all you're required to do is listen. You can be cleaning the house, driving, uh, on the treadmill, or on the couch, so forth and so on. These are available, like I said, through um, YouTube as well. That's what I'm streaming on right now. So the blood destroyed the veil. Okay. We are going to be looking at scripture, uh, Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. There is so much in that scripture that you could take days to break that apart. Because basically what that scripture, Hebrews 10, 19 through 22, what that's, that's like the whole New Testament. That's everything that Jesus did. That's what we're living today right there. I can't pick all that apart, but I am going to go into it a little bit. But I want to read a couple more scriptures before we backtrack. 
Um, Matthew 27, 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two. It was one. It went into two from the top to the bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. That's also in Mark 15, 38. That's in uh, Luke 23, 45. And then Hebrews 10. Oh, yeah, this is another version. I, I want to see if I want to read this. Yeah, let's read it. Uh, he, he, Hebrews 10, 19, 22. I don't have my version down. I'm going to read it anyway. Um, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. I like the way this says it. almost sounds like an amplifier. By a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Um, then Leviticus 4, 6 in the New American Standard says, and the priest, that was the high priest in Leviticus, and that was part one that I did, shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle some of the blood seven times before the Lord in front of the veil of the sanctuary. And then Exodus 34, 33 talks about Moses, and Moses had done had been done speaking with them, and he put a veil on his face. And that was, I'll, I'll get into that. And then Leviticus 16.2 said, The Lord said to Moses, Speak unto Aaron, your brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat. There's the veil again. That's what I'm trying to point out to you, which is upon the ark that he, that he die not. For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Um, and Corinthians 2 in the New Testament 3.13 and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which was abolished. Corinthians 2, 3 through 14 is extremely important. We're going to cover it. But their minds were blinded. For unto this day, this day, today, right now with you and me, remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. And then um, Corinthians 2, 3.15, but even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. What they're talking, okay, I have so much to share there. And oh, shoot, man, there's just so much. I'm not going to be able to get into it like I really, really, really want to, but I'm going to probably come back another day and just do this one topic. I can see that right now. So here we go. I just wanted to read the word so that I could talk. So the blood destroyed the veil, okay? In the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, the tabernacle where the high priest once a year did the atonement for the sins of Israel, okay? What the high priest, I'm not going to get into all that and go back to part one. What the high priest had to do was they had to take a blood from a pure lamb and bring it into the, the holy of holies, the most holy place. And he had to present this to the Lord, sprinkle 
and um, cleanse and ask for forgiveness for Israel. Everything, these were narratives we went into that all had to be done in sequence. It all had to be done ABC, one, two, three. There was a perfect way to do that. But he had to go through the veil, literally, to the, I believe it's the most holy places, the holy of holies and most holy, but the, 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 the last one, which I believe is the most holy place. So he would, he could go through the sanctuary, but when it came to that most holy place, he had to go through the veil. Okay. That, and that's where the Lord would appear in that cloud that he talked about in, in Leviticus 16 two, where he said, as the Lord said to Moses, speaking to Aaron, don't come into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not, for I will appear in the cloud of that mercy seat. So before the, the when the priest went through that veil, he was the only one allowed to go in there with that blood of that pure lamb to go in and make atonement for the sins of Israel. Okay. Um, God came down in a cloud his presence, if you will, is because without the cloud and without that pure blood, the pureness of our father's love would destroy mankind. God was never trying to destroy man at this time. The only, I, I'm, that's, you know, I don't want to talk about Noah and I don't want to talk about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm talking about the atonement. God, from the day Adam fell in the garden, was looking, not looking, was building his plan. He was unfolding his plan to get his man back into the throne room. That was his target all along. But man could only go so far because, because man had, is a fallen nature now, even as of this day, I'm no longer... I'm born again Christian, and but I'm covered by the blood of the Lamb. But if you've never received Jesus, if you were to see God, that you would just be destroyed because you, you don't have the blood of Jesus covering you. It, it is a protection. So the Lord had them bring the, go through the, the, it was in a veil so they didn't die. Okay. So the veil represents Jesus's body on the cross, like Hebrews 10, uh, 10, 19 and 22 talks about, is that Jesus was on that cross and he was the veil, okay? So when he died, the, the veil broke in the, in the real um, temple uh, of the tabernacle and it split, it was like, Gosh, I can't remember how thick it was. Maybe nine inches thick or thicker. But anyway, that, that veil was ripped from the top to the bottom to show mankind that no veil is, it's not any longer needed. You don't have to go through the earthly high priest anymore and, to, and get all this protection and have to have someone else go to God for you because Jesus died and shed his blood, he, his body and that blood was the veil. And because he shed that over the earth, all of mankind in their sins, there was no um, a born again man at that time. So when Jesus bled and when he gave his body, then the veil was destroyed top to bottom. His body was destroyed, if you will. And, and so now... 
because he did that, now God can approach man and man can approach God. See, it was a way to get to the throne room. God wanted his man back in the throne room from the moment Adam fell in the Garden of Eden. He was bringing man back step by step, step by step. He had to find obedience. He had to find faith. He had to find, he had to find, he had to wait, he had to wait, he had to plan. See, he was always thinking of you. He was not mad at you. Who's going to take the wrath for all that? Now, Jesus, well, we'll get into that, is Satan in in a burning hell. He's going to pay for what he did. So with that, I wanted to explain to you, I hope that came across correctly, but that is what we're talking about, the veil. The Old Testament veil was real, it was earthly. The New Testament veil is now Jesus sitting at the Father, by the Father, the right hand of the Father. He's alive, he has a body, he never lost his body. He has a body, he's in his body. He went up to heaven, remember, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He, he ascended up into heaven, and, and he, um, he, he went into the throne room. He presented his own blood. It was accepted. Boom. Now mankind can say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me and forgiving me of my sins. I receive you into my heart. As soon as you do that, you're born again, and now you will not die by approaching God. You will not die because because now you're covered by the blood of Jesus. Before, in the earthly tabernacle, that high priest was sprinkling that pure lamb's blood on the mercy seat, and that allowed the people to live. But they couldn't get near him because of the pure love that God is. It would have destroyed them. I gave you a quick analogy the other day that as, as, as fire is to wax, Love is to sin. It will destroy it. Okay? God wasn't trying to keep man out. He was trying to get man in without killing him. Because if you got in the presence of God without the blood of Jesus Christ, you just, poof, you're gone, man. That's like a big fire with with wax. That wax just, just melts. So that's, God was always protecting us. Always, 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 always protecting us. Okay? That's what the veil is all about. So now Jesus is the high priest, like the earthly high priest in Leviticus, going to God for the people with the pure blood of that sheep, that lamb. And now Jesus shed his blood over the people. And went to God. God says, yes, yes, yes. Sit down at my throne. Now when they receive you, they can come boldly into my throne. And that's our next subtitle is the blood is bold. Okay. He wants you to be bold. Jesus is the living high priest now with God. Always interceding for you and me before the angels, before the father out of love, out of care, out of answering prayer, out of protection. That's why when we pray, we say, Father, in the name of Jesus, we're going through that high priest. We're going through that veil. We're going right through the blood of Jesus because we're protected. And and the word says, and I'm going to share it to you, come boldly unto my throne. 
That's God's invitation. So in Hebrews 10, 10, 19, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, since then, brethren, this is Weymouth's translation, we have free access to the holy place where God is through the blood of Jesus, which is the old earthly veil, but it's now a heavenly veil. It was the blood of Jesus. He's the high priest. We go through his blood. We're covered by the blood in the name of Jesus. Bam, it opens. That's why we use the name of Jesus. That's why you must receive Jesus as your Savior. Because once you receive Jesus as your Savior, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now you are born again. You're a son of God. And when you go in the name of Jesus, you are just like Jesus to him. You're his son, his daughter. No different, you guys. No different. We must stop punishing ourselves. Okay, God set this up. We must receive, be bold to receive what is yours and mine. No shame, no guilt, no condemnation in Christ Jesus, says God in, in the New Testament. No condemnation. So he's inviting us. Hebrews 4.16, amplified. In whom? In whom? Lord. We have boldness and confidence, access through my faith in him. That is, our faith gives us sufficient courage to freely and openly approach God through Christ. The NSAB 1977 version, let us therefore, let us for this reason, draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive and find grace to help in, in that time of need. And, and it didn't say beg. It says receive. Simple. Receive. When you go to the bank, you slide your card over and you receive your money. You don't fight for it. You don't beg for it. You just receive. You don't, you go to the bank with your, because you know you have money in there. You're bold. You're not coming in there. I want my money. That's not the kind of boldness. It's confidence. It's just simple confidence. Okay, um, amplified Hebrews 4.16 is, therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace, that is the throne of God's gracious favor, with confidence and without fear, so that we may receive mercy if for our failures and find his amazing grace to help us in time of need for an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. Weymouth, therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in our times of need. 1 John 5.14, this is the confidence we have, I have, because I asked Jesus in my heart, I am now a son of God, that I have, that if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. And if I know he hears me, whatever I ask, I know that I will have what I've asked of him. Okay, it's it's simple. Um, I'm not going to read it, the next one. All right, I can, I don't think I can finish this tonight. Darn it! I was going to try. I'm going to have to go into the blood tomorrow that heals. Listen, so God has done everything 
he can do, and it's been done. It's settled. Adam fell. Eve was deceived. He immediately put his plan into action to get his man back. It took a very long time to get all of this lined up. Prophecy after prophecy after prophecy after prophecy in the Old Testament was fulfilled. The Old Testament had to come to pass. Lots of prophecy in there, which they prophesied about Jesus coming. Hebrews, da-da, Jesus went to the cross. He shed his blood. His body died, and he, and he died for all of our sins, all of our sickness, all of our disease. He died for all of it. So when we, then he went to hell and paid the price of our penalty. Somebody had to pay the price. Okay, somebody had, you know, there's never not a consequence. And that's what the world is missing right now is they, they believe that they can do whatever they want to do and, the, and because they feel like it, it, it will be okay. I have decided that I am going to, you know, sin. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. I'm not going to get into it. But, but the problem with that is there's always a consequence that is paid. Okay, for sin. The reason why is because it hurts us. Again, God is not a punisher. He's not punishing you. We open our own wrong doors. And when we do that, things go wrong. And on top of that, when you're serving the Lord and you're doing the things he called you to do, Satan is trying to mess you up. So then he can get into the picture. Okay, so there's a lot of reasons why things go wrong, but it's never, 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 never because God turned on us. God's paying a price. God's punishing you. You, you, no, no, no. He went to great lengths to show the world that his, that in the scripture, I believe is in Isaiah. It says he showed his good will towards men. By putting Jesus on the cross and taking the penalty of my sin and your sin, dying, shedding his blood, going to hell for three days and nights, and being tortured. I don't, can, can you imagine Jesus getting in the hands of Satan? What, what he must have gone through? I, I don't know if he'll ever tell us when we get there. I don't know. I, I can't imagine how horrific that was. But the, he did it. Out of love, love, love. Don't you ever say somebody hasn't done something for you because he did, but you may not receive it. And that is a huge mistake because he did. He did everything for you. Someone loves you beyond what you can ask or think. And his name is Jesus Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit. And they've been misrepresented on purpose so that you will not know what he truly did for you and who the real bad guy is, and that's Satan. So Jesus died. He, he the parallel, the, old, the high priest in the old covenant in Leviticus went to God with the blood of the lamb 
into through the veil, sprinkled the mercy seat with the blood for the atonement, forgiveness for a year for Israel. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus it was a foreshadow of that. He goes really to the cross and his body is the veil and he shed his blood for the earth and paid the penalty of sin and went to hell and was beaten and tortured on the cross before the cross and then in hell and then he was raised up and now he's the living high priest living high priest that there's God Jesus and us okay there's the three so here's Jesus here's us and here's God so in the name of Jesus by the blood of the lamb we have full access into the throne room of God by the Holy Spirit that is in me. And he wants us to go. When? All the time. He never gets tired of you. Never gets tired of me. He loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to take care of you. He wants you to know who he is and how the system works. It's, it's, a, it's a way. It's a method. It's a system of how the kingdom of God works. Not God up there judging your acts. No, the Bible says judge yourself before you take the bread, the communion. And that means the reason why they're saying that many people die and sleep for judgment is because they didn't judge their own self. Meaning, um, I've got a lot of issues in my life and, and I'm not taking care of them saying, oh, Father, forgive me for that. I love that person. I forgive that person. That's judging yourself. It's that simple with us. But when you don't judge yourself and give it to God and ask for forgiveness, as simple as that is, then it brings sickness on your body. Sure, you can go to sleep early, which means die. So that's not God judging people individually. It's your own doors opening. It's your own wrongs. And then sometimes, like I said, the enemy will just get in there sometimes and and cause havoc because that's what he does in this earth. He's a renegade full of hatred and fear. He despises anything, anything in the earth. Bird, animal, human, dog, cat, anything. Okay? Because he, he he's done. He's history. His future is hell. A burning lake of fire. That's his future. Because he hates you so much. And God designed you so beautifully and then tried, uh, Satan tried to steal you away. Well, God said, uh-uh-uh, no, no, no. Remember, I'm the creator. Satan, you're not. And he had Jesus all ready for us. This is a love story, people. Love story of someone paying the price. And, and listen, tomorrow you must, must hear it. It's going to take me 20 minutes to talk about the blood healed your body it healed your mind it healed your spirit in every area physical sickness emotional trauma oppression we're going to get into that tomorrow you must listen to this this is freely given to us just like salvation the baptism baptism in the holy spirit these are gifts you cannot earn healing and it is healing is not a gift that it's no excuse me i said that wrong healing is not a reward okay 
that's a religious mindset that I, I, I did good, so I'm going to get healed. I'm going to do better. I'm going to get healed. Oh, I, I did something wrong. I won't get healed. That's a spirit of condemnation, and it's coming right from hell. Healing is not a reward. It was already paid for on the cross, and it's a, just a system method, part of our inheritance. So tomorrow we're going to talk about how that got annihilated and how you can really be healed and free from pain, emotional pain, sickness, and disease, okay? Everybody wants that financial gain. Uh, healing means nothing missing, nothing broken. It's in the whole pie, okay? I'm not going to just give you a piece of pie. God says when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are healed everything in your life. And if you're saved and you're not, it's just be from lack of knowledge. That's it. And we're going to take care of that tomorrow. It Don't rack your brain about it when it was a, a, something that Jesus paid for on the cross. It's already done. You don't have to work for it. It's not a reward. Okay, you can't do something wrong enough and then not get healed. No, 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 no. People that love God don't try to do things wrong. Okay, excuse me. We're going to end this right now because I've been on. It's time. It's time to go. <coughs> excuse me. If you want to be saved, just close your eyes and say this after me. Father, I ask Jesus to come into my heart. I repent of my sin. Holy Spirit, help me with my life. Teach me your ways. I ask you to do something with my life. Thank you. Amen. It's as simple as that. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Reach out to me. You can reach out to me on social media. You can reach out to me on riversgateway.com. You there's it's and I can get you hooked up with people. I can we have a ministry. We can help. We can have people pray. So so get a hold of us riversgateway.com, social media, Instagram. You can go on Twitter and um, Facebook. Um, all of it. We're here for you, Rivers of Gateway Ministries. If not, then find some born-again Christian in your family or someone that is showing peace and joy and love and goodness and kindness, and, 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 and they're happy. <laughs> find them and tell them what you did and get into a good church that sounds like me, that teaches like this, because this is your paid ticket. It's like a ticket to to another state on a train. When you but when you pay for a ticket, you get the whole trip. Okay, so you get the whole package of salvation, which is wholeness in every area. Okay, I gotta go. <laughs> Love you guys. I I'll see you tomorrow.